Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew will continue on in the Bible series from the book of Isaiah with part two of this message entitled, The Tales of Two Cities. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Isaiah chapter 26. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. We are speaking about the two cities, a tale of two cities. There is the city of man which is destined for destruction. When you come to uh, Revelation chapter 18, there is a great shout, fallen, fallen, Babylon is fallen. But thank God there is another city which is called the city of God. And every citizen in it came there from the city of man. God translated them. God brought them out and brought them into the kingdom of his dear son. And if you are a person who has been so translated from death to life, what a joy it is. What a joy. So we said, first of all, it is a singing city. Uh, the people in it are always rejoicing. Secondly, we said it is a, a city built by God. It's a divine provision. Man has nothing to do with it. God himself built it. It's a strong city, impregnable. Our salvation is safe and secure. And we spoke about the gates of the city. It is Jesus Christ himself. I am the gate. And those who enter will be saved. And so no one is going to enter into the city without faith in the person and the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. And, and we also discovered, fifthly, that the citizens of this city enjoy shalom, shalom. Abounding peace. And now, let's come to number six. What is the chief desire of citizen of the city of God? The deepest longing. The greatest desire. And that is what uh, is described in, in the classic work of Jonathan Edwards the religious affections. And we will make copies of this about 400-page book available to you if you want to be literate in classical theological works. And when you read it, you will understand what, what I'm saying. The deepest longing, the deepest yearning of a citizen in the city of God and uh, it is uh, stated in chapter 26 and verse 8 and 9. Yes, Lord, walking in the way of your laws, we wait for you. Your name and renown are the desire of our hearts. My soul yearns for you in the night. In the morning, my spirit longs for you. 
and this is it that we are not longing and yearning for position for power for a thing the deepest longing is not our promotion in the temporal world our deepest longing is not a big house our deepest longing as citizen of the city of god is for god is to commune with god is to be near god and to know his plan know his purpose to have fellowship with god so he does not hunger and thirst for things of this world so you don't have to hunger and thirst for the things of this world Jesus said seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you he does not hunger and thirst for the things of this world he longs for God and God alone he longs for fellowship with the lover of his soul you read the song of solomon you see the the girl wants to be with the young man the young man wants to be with the girl that's the nature of love relationship man is created to enjoy fellowship with god blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see god true blessing is to be with god and commune with him so you go home and read psalm 42 Psalm 63 verse 1, Psalm 27 verse 4 and 5, Psalm 84 verse 2. All these verses in these psalms speak about this single thing. One thing I ask, one thing I seek, one thing I long for. Let me ask you this evening, what is really the longing of your heart? things position power praise of men health wealth me ask you do you long for god in the night do you long for god in the morning our hearts are restless truly until they find rest in god god created us that we may be satisfied in him alone this is the way we are created and so you see idolatry is total waste of time and total waste of life you can pursue power position you can pursue money you can pursue things and it will never satisfy you and then you have to face him who will deal with us as a citizen of the city of this world may god alone be the cause of your true happiness don't find it in your wife and husband children position power it doesn't work number 7 the citizen of the city of god <coughs> walk in level path in other words they are obedient verse 7 and 8 the path of the righteous is level means straight o upright one you make the way of the righteous smooth Yes Lord walking in the way of your laws we wait for you as an amazing statement concerning the habit 
of a citizen in the city of God. Turn with me to uh, this, the book of Psalms, 107th Psalm, Psalm 107 and verse 7. Psalm 107 verse 7. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. When we walk in the way of God's word, we walk in level paths. The Lord makes our way smooth and straight. He removes obstacles from our way. We live in a world of darkness. But his word is light to our path and lamp to our feet. Therefore, we do not stumble and fall. When tempted, the Lord makes a way out for us that we may not fall but stand firm. We face rough terrain. There's no question about it. Yet, places rough in prospect is smooth in retrospect. And that is the life of Joseph. Remember what he said after going through all kinds of rough terrain in his young life. And this is what he said in Genesis 50th chapter and verse 20. You intended to harm me, but God intended for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. The Lord of hosts is with us in our journey. When Egyptians pursue us, wait for God to deliver us. He does. When no water is found for three days, wait for him to make, to give us water. And when that water is bitter, <laughs> wait for him. He will make it sweet. When no food is available, wait for God to provide us with manna. Only do not murmur. Trust in him who is the good shepherd of Israel. He is taking you in a straight path to the city which flows with milk and honey. When Amalekites attack us, wait for him, for his orders. He will raise up a Joshua to deliver us. He who brought us out of our sufferings from under Pharaoh will bring us into a land flowing with milk and honey. He will dry up the Red Sea and he will dry up Jordan for us, making our path smooth and straight and level. He will cause the walls of Jericho to fall that his people may enter and trample the city of man in triumph. Truly then, the path of the righteous is level. It is smooth. It is straight. Because it is the path of the word of God. Because God is with us continually. Straightens the path for us. Truly all things work together for good. 
for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Number eight, a wonderful thing, and that's the privilege of the citizen of the city of God, is, is this, that we have a hiding place. And we read about it in, in verse 20. Go, my people, enter your rooms and shut the doors behind you. Hide yourself for a little while until his wrath has passed away. You see, the people of the city of man, they have no place to hide. They are exposed to divine wrath. When God in his wrath deals with his enemies, the citizens of the city of man, They are the enemies. When he deals with his enemies, what do people of God do? What should Noah and his family do when God deals with the wicked world in his wrath? What should the Israelites do when God deals with the Egyptians by killing their firstborns? Well, Noah and his family entered into an ark and were totally safe. Israel in Egypt entered into their rooms and were safe because they applied the blood of the Passover lamb upon the doors, their doors. Noah entered the ark and the Lord shut the door. And Noah and his family were totally safe. Israelites also entered their homes and shut the door. And they were also totally safe. We also have a place to hide from all troubles. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, the psalmist says, we will not fear. We are in the city of God, and there is a river in the midst of it that makes glad the people of the city. God is within her, we are told. The Lord Almighty is with us. We are in God. We are in Christ. Holy Spirit of God dwells within us. He rules us with his word of salvation. So, the Lord Jesus Christ said, we must also enter our room and shut the door. Turn with me to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6. And verse 6, But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Go into the room. Shut the door. Shut the door means shut all doubts out. And there we commune with God. That's why we must study theology proper so we can meditate upon divine omnipotence. Think about that. You have your trouble, you have the problem, and you go into the room, shut the door. And we read God's word and we pray and meditate upon what divine omnipotence, divine wisdom, His omniscience, his plan is good. 
Meditate upon divine love as disclosed to us in the Holy Scriptures that he sent his own son to die in our place. God is interested in us. God will help us and right early he helps us. Meditate upon divine faithfulness. He keeps his promises. Every promise in the Bible is yea and amen in Jesus Christ. Meditate upon divine immutability. God never changes. There is no shadow of turning. There is no variableness. You have people in the church. They say nice things. They agree with everything and so on. But then they prove themselves to be false. They change their mind. They change their covenant. They change everything. That's the way man operates. But God is immutable. He never changes. Therefore we are not destroyed. God then is our hiding place. Oh yes, there are hawks flying in the sky above. The chicks are signaled to come and get under the protective wings of the mother hen. And they are safe. The chicks are warm and cozy. Have you seen? I have. They look out. Little heads come out. Sticking out from under the wings. And chirps without any fear. This is our own heritage. Psalm 91 and verse 4. It says, he will cover you with his feathers. And this is the picture there. Doesn't mean God has feathers. It's a metaphor. But God, we can come into him and abide in him without fear. What about death? Even that, no fear. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. When all people forsake you, he will not forsake you. Listen to what David says in Psalm 32 and verse 7. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Number nine. The citizen of the city of God has hope. It's great hope. Hope that will not make us ashamed. So let us face the issue. As citizen of the city of God, we live in this world, and so we do die, don't we? We do die. Believers die. Now the question is, what's going to happen to them? Now this chapter, Isaiah 26, answers that. Do not fear death will be raised up from the dead whether we live or whether we die we belong to the Lord we are owned by him listen to this language Isaiah 26 and verse 19 but you are dead will live now look at that we are his dead you're dead. Isaiah says, you're dead. We live. 
We are God's dead. And God has a plan for his dead. And notice, their bodies will rise. Take a look at that. Their bodies will rise. We believe, therefore, in the resurrection of the flesh, of the body. Christ died for us and Christ was raised from the dead for us. Because he lives, we live also. Our body will rise from the dust. Our salvation is a total salvation. Not the Greek view of immortality of the soul. We believe in the salvation of our soul and the salvation of our physical body. And notice that verse again. You who dwell in the dust. And I have my father and mother in, as far as body is concerned, they dwell in the dust. <laughs> you who dwell in the dust. They are God's dead. And here is a command. Wake up and shout for joy. This is the only place I read the whole idea of the singing of those who will be raised from the dead. Wake up and shout for joy. The dead in Christ shall hear the divine command. Turn with me to First Thessalonians chapter 4 where St. Paul tells us concerning those who died. 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 13, beginning with verse 13, Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant. How many times St. Paul tells us he doesn't want you to be ignorant? Now I understand because evangelicals love to be ignorant. And emotional and crazy. And therefore unstable. I hope and pray that we will be students of the Holy Scriptures. Not ignorant. Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep. Or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. And let me tell you, I, I don't know how to comfort you whose parents or brothers or wives or children died without Christ. Other than we trust in God and move on. But I cannot just wish away divine judgment and eternal hell. I cannot wish it away. It is the reality. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. Now listen, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command. And that is what I just said. What is the command? Awake. And shout for joy. Now Jesus spoke to Lazarus. Dead and buried. And said Lazarus come forth. 
And when the Lord comes down, there will be a command. To God's dead, those who died in Christ, awake and shout for joy. With the loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. They will rise up with the resurrection body. And they shall sing. Because they have entered into the fullness of their salvation. They shall sing and shout. They will rise praising God for their great salvation. Turn also to chapter 25. And verse 6, 7 and 8. On this mountain the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples. This will be the feast right after the resurrection. And it was a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. I'm not all worried about the literalness of it, but I think it is going to be a grand feast of communion with our God. On this mountain, that is where the city of God is, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. Now listen, he will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove the disgrace of his people From all the earth, the Lord has spoken. In other words, the citizens of the city of God are people of great hope. Hope in Jesus Christ, who rose from the dead for us. Number 10. The people in the city of God, they are people who are conscious Of God's grace. They are conscious. That they did not merit. They did not earn. Their salvation. Turn with me to verse 12. Of chapter 26. The Lord. Lord you establish. Peace for us. All that we have accomplished. You have done. For us. 1 Corinthians 1, let me read to you, you are reading that, you finished reading it the other day. 1 Corinthians 1, beginning with verse 26, brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards, not many were influential, not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose lowly things of the world and the despised things and things that are not big zeros to nullify things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him, that is God, that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God that is our righteousness, sanctification and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. There is no boasting. 
There is only thanksgiving. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all our sins. It is amazing grace. Because where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. You established peace for us. All we have done, you have done for us. Without you, we can do nothing. Even our faith in Jesus Christ is a gift. Our repentance is a gift. Our fruit is a fruit of the Spirit of God. All our good works we have done through your enabling Grace. Look at verse 8, the last part of it. Your name and renown are the desire of our hearts. Solely Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory. What about the city of man? Well, we don't have to say much about it. But two things. First, the citizen of the city of man is characterized by total depravity. Look at verse 10 and verse 11. Though grace is shown to the wicked, God's common grace, they do not learn righteousness. They are passed over. They are non-elect, in other words. Even in a land of uprightness, they go on doing evil. They are perverse, twisted. And notice they are against God. They will not give praise to God and regard not the majesty of the Lord. And not only that, O Lord, your hand is lifted high, about to come down in judgment upon them. But they do not see it. Let them see your zeal for your people and be put to shame. See, we are God's people. But who are they? Let the fire reserved for your enemies consume them. They are characterized by impenetrable blindness. They are irretrievably bound for divine judgment. They are non-elect. They are totally perverse. They have no regard for God's glory. They have no fear of God. They are enemies of God. Whose eyes are blinded by the devil. That they may not see the glory of God. In the face of Jesus Christ. In the gospel. That they may may be saved. Total depravity. And therefore. Total destruction. Comes upon them. Look at verse 5 and 6. He humbles those who dwell on high. He lays the lofty city low. And you ask the question, how low will he bring the lofty city? He levels it to the ground and casts it down to the dust. Pastor Budding preached from Obadiah. You can build your house among the stars. But he will cut you down to size. Feet trample it down. Whose feet? The feet of the oppressed and the footsteps of the poor. The people of God. 
will trample it down. They will walk on the dust of the city of man, that arrogant city. And not only that, look at verse 21. See the Lord is coming out of his dwelling to punish the people of the earth, that is the people of the city of man, for their sins. He's coming. See the Lord is coming to save his people and also at the same time judge those who dwell in the city of man. Notice, to punish the people of the earth for their sins, the earth will disclose the blood shed upon her, and will, she will conceal her slain no longer. In other words, there will be a complete exposure of every sin. The citizen of the city of this world has ever done. The books will be opened, and they will be judged. Finally, turn to the book of Revelation. And let me read to you from chapter 18, verse 2. With a mighty voice he shouted, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. That's the way it is. May God help us. May God help us to thank him for his great mercy. Bringing us out of Egypt. Into his Canaan. A strong city. Where there is peace. I want to beseech you. If you are still. Arrogant and proud. Learn what I just said. He is coming. To punish. Every citizen. Who treated him with contempt. Who refused to walk in the way of his word. But you are hearing the word because God cares for you. He can save you. He is the savior, the only savior. He saves everyone who comes to him. And I beseech you by the mercies of God that you humble yourself and repent of your sins and trust in Jesus Christ alone. And God may bring you out and bring you in. And you will experience peace, joy, hope and you will have a hiding place God himself God who is omnipotent omniscient all wise God who is love God who is faithful God who is immutable he'll help you he will save you you don't need more money you don't need more power you don't need more anything what you need is Jesus Christ yes, yes. and his salvation. Yes. Heavenly Father, we pray that you have mercy upon us. Thank you for saving us. Grace, grace, marvelous grace. God's grace. Grace that is greater than all our sins. Thank you, O oh God, for regenerating us. Thank you for giving us faith to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And we did believe. Thank you, O oh God. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. We fear nothing. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are 
in Christ Jesus. And we are in Christ Jesus. Amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio, presenting this message from the Bible series on the book of Isaiah. Come back soon for more Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.